You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. We're going to start out by recapping last week's college football and NFL picks, which didn't do quite as good as the week before, but still not the worst week we've had. Um, Then we're going to hit a little bit on the college baseball, not college baseball, (laughs) college basketball news. Uh, This upcoming season, we're starting to learn more information about that every day, with it only being four weeks out. Um, we're going to hit on the World Series that finished up on Tuesday night. Um, a little bit about this past UFC card, and as always, updates on college football and the NFL, as long and with um, this week, you know, college football week nine and NFL week eight picks. So starting off, as always, we're going to be recapping last week's picks. Starting out in college football, the picks ended up going one and two on the weekend. First pick we had was in the Auburn versus Old Miss game. We had Old Miss plus three in this one. This was probably our worst beat of the whole weekend. Auburn ends up winning this game 35 to 18. But Ole Miss was up 28-27 um, with just a minute or so left. And all they had to do for us to cover anyway was not let them get in the end zone. And what do they do? They let them score, you know, a 70-yard touchdown pass, um, which gives them the go-ahead touchdown. And, you know, then they they have and then even after that, they still have a chance to go find the end zone, you know, maybe force overtime or win the game outright if they go for two and they just can't move the ball at all. So I don't know what about this old Miss team. You know, I like Lane Kiffin. I like this team. You know, it's they're fun to watch for sure, but they really are struggling to put wins on um, on their to put wins together. You know, and then the SEC, that's just something you can't have happen. The next game we had on the card was Virginia versus Miami. Um, this was our only win of the day. We had Virginia plus 12 and a half in this game and it wasn't a high scoring affair. You know, it it looked a lot like a Virginia basketball game, a low scoring one, Virginia 14, Miami 19. Uh, so Miami got a five point victory in this one, but Miami was just low scoring. You know, they came out quick, um, and scored a touchdown early and then struggled to find the end zone the entire rest of the game, settling for field goals the rest of the way out. And you know, this Miami team, they looked great early on, but after that Clemson loss, they've really struggled to to find themselves again in um, the ACC. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, they'll be interesting to look at um, coming up here in the next few weeks and what happens when we get a little closer to conference championships and the college football playoffs. The last game we had on the card was Cincinnati versus SMU. Uh, Cincinnati came into this game as 2.5-point underdogs. We were on SMU minus 2.5 in this one. Cincinnati absolutely blew the doors off SMU, winning this game 42-13. to um, And Cincinnati in this game proved that they are – not only contenders in the American, but they are they are probably, well, they're without a doubt the best group of five team that has a chance to make the college football playoffs. But in a year with so much uncertainty like this, it really is possible for a team like the Cincinnati, who I think is number seven in the AP pool at this point, to make it. Um, and, you know, SMU really had no shot in this game. But the Cincinnati team, you know, it'll probably, you know, looking at the who it'll be, it'll probably, you know, be if Ohio State stays undefeated, it'll probably be them. Clemson stays undefeated, obviously be them. You know, obviously you got uh, Bama or Georgia, whoever wins the SEC championship is for sure in. But then after that, you know, if Bama ends up beating Georgia again, Georgia's probably out. And if um, Notre Dame ends up losing to Clemson and doesn't win the ACC tournament, they're not making it. So then it's really up to the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And the Pac-12 only playing seven games. I really don't see any way very many of those teams are even have enough 
enough firepower, enough schedule to show that they deserve to be in the college football playoffs. And as for the Big 12, you know, K-State has one loss. You know, Oklahoma State's still undefeated. You know, there's some one-loss teams in the Big 12 that could surely make a run at it. But it's just not not the best case scenario. So this we really could see a group of, if a group of five teams is ever going to make a four-team college football playoffs, it'll be this year. And I think Cincinnati really has a shot at that. Um, moving on to the NFL picks for the weekend. We went one and two in those also. First pick on that card was the winner of the day. We had the Panthers plus seven and a half versus the Saints. The Panthers uh, end up losing this game 24-27. But they really hung in this game well against a great Saints team. Um, they came on Joey Sly kick a 65 yard field goal which would have set the nfl record and that that thing looked like it was good that was the most perfect down the middle kick i've ever seen it just didn't quite have enough power on it um but that miss did help us out because it ensured they cover and that we wouldn't you know get backdoored by the saints somehow but at seven and a half it would have been a little difficult but yeah we ended up winning that game next game we had the lions versus the falcons the falcons uh, were favorites in this game minus two lions end up winning 23 22 and we should have we shouldn't have covered the game, but then we were covering, and then we ended up losing. Um, since we had the minus two, you know, the Falcons were up uh, one, I believe, and they went and scored the touchdown with Todd Gurley. Um, so that gave us <laughs> the two-point cover. You know, they could have just need the ball out and ended the game one by one, and we would have got screwed that way. But Todd Gurley scores the unnecessary touchdown, gives us the cover for a little bit. But the Lions, as always, march down the field, especially you play the Falcons. You know, they sort of do something to screw up this game. And um, they scored a touchdown as time expired, um, leading to a Lions outright victory in this one and crushing our Falcons minus two bet. So that led to our second loss. And our final game of the day was an absolute blowout by the Buccaneers. Buccaneers versus Raiders. We had the Raiders plus three and a half. Uh, the Raiders really never looked good. You know, the the Buccaneers were able to come into the Death Star and just absolutely um, carry on their success from that Packers game and Gronk's start really starting to look like his old stealths, you know, scoring another touchdown that's back to back games with touchdowns and really gonna fantasy, you know, he's climbing the ranks in fantasy once again. So Bridge really had no shot at covering this game. The Buccaneers are definitely far and away the favorites um down in the NFC North. So that about wraps it up for the recap of last week picks. Not the worst weekend we've had, um, but it wasn't profitable, so obviously not the best. Next, moving into college basketball news. So from today recording, um, which is Wednesday, October 28th, um, we are three weeks out officially from the start of college basketball season. Um, it's really heating up. You know, a lot of coaching news, player news, scheduling news for sure. Um, especially in scheduling news, multiple teams um, that were set to, or tournaments that were expected set to take place um, down in Orlando are being forced to find new locations. Um, it's being reported, I think, the SEC and the Big 12, um, certain CDC protocols, they didn't want to follow their, their rules. They don't want to follow those. So ended up being a whatever, and a lot of those tournaments got canceled. But now we're seeing, you know, uh, a lot of different places pop up that are going to host, you know, three or four teams. You know, the Mohegan, Mohegan Sun is hosting several tournaments. I think they're up to like 30 teams um, over the first couple of weekends now, uh, which is hosting games. Um, and one the only real... Big game that I've seen officially, not even officially, I don't think yet, but a big game that I saw schedule come out the other day. Kansas is set to take on Gonzaga. I think that is supposed to be happening down in Fort Myers um, of opening day, um, that November 25th date. So that'll be a good game to watch. I don't really know. You know, we don't know what the other is. We don't have, and you know, as far as rankings, this team goes, we don't have really have an AP pullout. 
you know, Ken Palm hasn't released his rankings. The only real rankings I've seen from anyone uh, was Bartorovic. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of just up in the air. Some of that scheduling thing, you know, a lot of teams are choosing to have set up their own bubbles, either at campus or have multiple neutral site games, like three games over a course of a week or whatever there. Um, so that'll be interesting just to see how the schedule works out. And a lot of it, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, with a little, with a limited non-conference schedule. And for some teams, for certain conferences anyway, very like maybe one or two in some conferences, no games. It'll be interesting to see what happens um, come tournament time, how the committee, you know, values those wins compared to a normal season. Um, and speaking of that, <clears throat> a little bit to look out for this upcoming year, we will have officially have a extra at large bid um, because the Ivy League announced that they will not be playing college basketball this season. Um, it really wasn't a huge shock. You know, they're the first to back out of the tournament last year. So, you know, you kind of just wait and they'd already pushed it back to January. And even this news is a couple weeks old. I just hadn't talked about it here yet. Um, we also have Theme Cookman. They um, have also decided to cancel their college basketball season for the year. And I haven't heard a whole lot of others. Um, I know like the Patriot League is not gonna is having is still planning having no non-conference schedule and starting their season just with conference play after New Year. And a lot of the conference schedules have started to roll out. I think the Big 12 dropped theirs last week. So that'll just be interesting to see. But one conference that is kind of up in the air, not really up in the air as far as playing, but up in the air as far as how it'll look is the West Coast Conference. They're looking at doing some sort of bubble in Las Vegas for their regular season game. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't know what all that entails, how long that is, but from what I sound, it sounded a lot like, you know, what the NHL and what the NBA did for their bubbles. So I could see, I don't know if conferences can get away with it. I don't know how that all works um, with kids going to school, but I mean, if all their classes are online anyway, I mean, I don't know why, why they need to be, you know, why Gonzaga needs to be in Spokane and why they can't be in Las Vegas um, for a bubble. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that is. Um, the MCAA uh, default protocol, as far as if someone tests positive, um, is 14 days. So we, that'll be something to look out to. Or if someone tests positive, you know, they could miss, depending on how scheduling goes, some, they could end up missing, you know, since we're getting three games in a week for some, they could end up missing like six games, which is a big chunk of the season considering we're down to 27 for the year. Um, and even like, the, but even some conferences have or more than that because like the Big Ten, their quarantine period is already up to 21 days. So that'll be interesting just to take a look at. Um, and a couple more just small details as far as college basketball news. The NCAA continues to grant waivers to nearly every transfer. So if your your team's got some transfers coming into the program this year, chances are that you'll probably be seeing them on the court right away. Um, and a little bit of last bit, a little bit of coaching news. Sean Miller um, is hit with multiple NCAA violations. Uh, there hasn't been any action yet taken as far as punishment from the university or the board of regents or any of that so that's just something to take a keep an eye on but as of now there's not much more to report on that so yeah that about wraps up the college basketball news for this week next up we got the world series um and a little bit on the world series game four on saturday was probably the craziest ending to a baseball game i've ever seen for sure um you know with randy oriza scoring tripping going home scoring off a throwing air um, tying the series 2-2 two two for the Rays. Unfortunately for the Rays, that would be their last hope in the World Series as the Dodgers would take the next two games and beat them in six games on Tuesday. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of story points that come out at the end of that game. Um, for one, we'll start with a simpler one, Clayton Kershaw getting his ring. Um, so that kind of, little of that stigma is gone. You know, he won two games in the World Series, so that is far, that's good for him. 
And then Turner, you know, test positive during the game, taken out during the game, seen after the game, taking pictures and whatnot, which I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. I don't know what it means, but whatever. Season's over. Not going to, no one even going to care about baseball. Heck, I didn't even hear about that news until, <laughs> until this morning after the, the games were over. But that's just, you know, touching up a little on the World Series. Um, also last weekend on Saturday, we had UFC 254. Khabib um, looked super dominant over Justin Gaethje. Um, you know, easy getting the submission. I believe it was in the second round. Um, and Khabib officially retired after the match. Um, you know, he was obviously shaken at the end, you know, crying on the mat uh, after the passing of his dad earlier this year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether Khabib comes back. I think Khabib is one of the, as a fighter that, if fighter of retirements, you know, usually mean nothing. I don't know how many times Conor McGregor's retired at this point, um, yet to come back and fight another match. But really, I, I, f- I feel like Khabib's a little different because of his dad and whatnot. But I feel that as time passes, um, though someone will come along and there'll be a bag big enough for him to, you know, <laughs> come in one fight for make a couple hundred <laughs> hundred million dollars. I think he'll come back and fight that fight. But yeah, it was just it was interesting for a fight to be so early uh, with me and Abu Dhabi and everything, you know, competing with college football Saturday. But it was definitely a, you know, a nice refreshment not having to stay up super late on that Saturday just to see the end of that fight. So that was, I did, I enjoyed it, but it was also just a little bit weird. Really wasn't expecting it. And moving in college football news, we are officially with the end of that world series. Only sport we have now for the next four weeks until November 25th. It is, is college football and the NFL starting off a little bit of college football news. The big 10 had an absolutely insane opening weekend, you know, with crazy games all over the board. Um, starting on Friday, even they had Graham Mertz of Wisconsin came out, led that team to a huge victory over Illinois. And then unfortunately the next day, Graham Mertz test positive uh, for the coronavirus, which is confirmed a few days later. So he'll be in a 21 day quarantine as per big 12, big 10 rule. So he's going to miss a very big chunk of the season. Um, so Wisconsin, they're, 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 well, he was already the second string. Their third string quarterback also is out now. Um, so Wisconsin's down to their fourth string quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how this Wisconsin team plays, uh, whether or not they can keep fighting. Because Graham Mertz just looked unstoppable in that game. Uh, another big 10 showdown over the weekend that we uh, should hit on. Penn State um, does this. Well, they did the, the, they did the Todd Gurley the day before Todd Gurley pulled his move. Penn State scores an unnecessary touchdown to take the lead. Uh, which is heavily criticized because Indiana is able to, you know, tie the game, make it into overtime, and Indiana ends up scoring on a diving play with the ball hitting the <laughs> pylon and out of bounds at the same time. You know, and it's it's just one of those plays that you can watch it however many times you want, different angles, you can think different things, and that really it really comes down to what was called on the field. You have no idea where the tip of the ball is. Yes, it looks out, but it comes down to the play what it called on the field, what the refs saw, and you just got to go with that. So, no matter what you think of that, I think they got the call right. I do think he probably had it in the end zone, but, I mean, it's really impossible to tell. And the final uh, couple things in college football here. Lane Kiffin is fined $25,000 for complaining about um, uh, officiating, SEC officiating. Uh, and he goes to Twitter and says he's going to pay it all in penny, 25,000 pennies, and then corrects it, 250,000 pennies. And then he corrects it a few seconds later as 2.5 million fiddle D pennies, which is the proper amount of pennies. But, you know, just a little funny there. Lane Kiffin always pulling a joke. Um, and a little moving into the NFL updates. So, um, perhaps, I mean, it might be a little biased here, but 
I think definitely one of the probably the best game of the weekend, and I would say probably one of the better games of the entire season so far. Cardinals Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. You know the Cardinal, the Seahawks came out, you know, and just marched down the field, scored in like four plays on that first drive, and I really thought that the Cardinals were going to be struggling that whole game. You know, the Cardinals just kept fighting; they never gave up. Um, even a couple, you know, they weren't able to score on the um, the Buda Baker pick six. You know, after DK Metcalf ran them down, but I feel like that was more. And Cliff was criticized for, you know, going for it on fourth down there and not taking the points. But I do agree with him. You got to go for it there. Up until that point, um, we hadn't every fourth down conversion that the Cardinals had attempted. They hadn't missed any of them. They had converted every fourth down um, conversion so far that season. So I I do agree with the call there. Um, And it ultimately worked out, you know. But it was definitely a crazy game. You know, that the Cardinals defense did a great job in the second half in overtime. Um, allowing the Seahawks only seven points, you know, making three ginormous stops in a row, one to get them to overtime, then one to get the ball in overtime. And after the missed field goal, Isaiah Simmons getting the interception to um, get them the ball back so they could attempt a field goal again. So that was just a crazy game. A um, little bit biased, you know, and doesn't affect any of my bets, but just thought I'd talk about it. And also the day, you know, we had that Falcons finish, but that just the noon slate of games, if you're watching Red Zone, it was probably the most crazy day of games just in general, um, you know, missed field goal in the Titan Steelers games keeps the Steelers as the only undefeated team still standing. And then, you know, the Patriots are really struggling with Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton, I think, threw, ended up throwing three picks in that game. The Patriots just did not look good um, with two wins on the season. While Tom Brady um, continues to surge with the Bucks. you know, leading as a top. I think they're the three seed as of right now in the uh, in the NFC playoffs. And, you know, another thing that we got a little hit on, the Jets started off hot against the Bills, but really struggled late in that game to put anything together um, and just couldn't make anything. And then a couple of, uh, you know, free agent trades, not really trades, but, you know, just whatever. Um, Just a couple that caught my eye this week. Eli Apple is no longer a saint. They have released him. And a little bit of, you know, not a huge um, signing here, but Des Bryant was signed to the Ravens practice squad. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, I don't know if he's going to find any playing time what's going to happen but that's definitely something to look for um and yeah that about wraps it up for the news for the week all right moving on to the picks for the weekend we start out in college football with our first game of the day we got coastal carolina taking on georgia state this game is uh set to kick off at 12 p.m eastern on saturday coastal carolina comes into this game as two and a half point favorites coastal carolina has been playing very well this year you know five and oh um, outright and four and one against the spread. Georgia State, you know, pretty even, uh, two and two and three and one against the spread. And you know, Coast Coastal Carolina team, while they're bit, you know, opening weekend win against Kansas isn't anything special. You know, yeah, it's a, a power five team, but you know, it's probably the worst power five team there is. So it's not a not a crazy big win, but definitely still one that you know boosts the resume a little bit. Um, and you know, they just keep finding ways to win. You know, they enter they're in the AP top twenty five. Um, this week, entering this at number 20. Um, one thing that they've done a great job of is their time of possession. They've been holding on to the ball very well, 33 um, minutes and 54 seconds a game. Georgia State, not so well, only 27 minutes for 28 uh, and 8 seconds a game. Um, and then Coastal Carolina has also done a great job of not turning the ball over and limiting their penalties, you know, with only 0.75 turnovers a game and 3.5 penalties for 38.25 yards. Georgia State, on the other hand, not the worst team in the world uh, as far as that, but, you know, two. Two turnovers a game and 8.33 penalties. 
uh, for 75.33 yards. So, you know, just Coastal Carolina is really perfecting the little things. You know, they're staying, they're keeping their offense on the field. They're getting their defense off of the field quickly. Um, they're being able to score points and just being able to find ways to win games. So, you know, I really like Coastal Carolina minus two and a half in this one. The second game on Saturday's card is Wake Forest minus 11 versus Syracuse. The game is set to kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern from the Carrier Dome. Wake Forest travels to this game, um, entering at 3-2 and two on the season and 4-1 and one against the spread. Syracuse not as great at 1-5 and five on the season, 3-3 three and three against the spread. And one big thing that the Syracuse team has been able to do is put up points and move the ball. You know, 40.25 points per game. Well, Syracuse has less than half of that at 19.6 points per game. You know, Syracuse has really struggled to find the end zone um, so far this year. And Wake Forest, you know, 443 yards per game. Syracuse only 26.8, or sorry, not 26.8, 264.8 yards a game. Um, you know, Wake Forest is just doing a great job of putting up points. You know, two losses, yeah, but, you know, they had to play some tougher opponents. Um, you know, and they have also done a good job of holding on to the ball in the .25 turnovers per game, which is absolutely um, amazing. Up at, you know, five games into the college football season, you know, Syracuse, not the worst in the world, only one turnover a game, but still, still not great. And they've all, Wake Forest has also done a great job limiting penalties to 5.25 penalties per game for 45 yards. Well, Syracuse, you know, seven penalties a game for 64.6 yards. You know, this Syracuse game has just struggled. They, you know, they couldn't a couple weeks ago losing to Liberty and just this, you know, they haven't been playing well. I really do like Wake Forest in this one, even laying 11 points. Um, I think Wake Forest covers this game easy. So my play for that game is Wake Forest minus 11. Moving on, another ACC showdown. We've got Notre Dame minus 20 versus Georgia Tech. Um, this game is set to kick off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Notre Dame comes into this game at 5-0 and 2-3 and and against the spread, while Georgia Tech comes in not so great at 2-4 and and 2-4 and against the spread. Uh, Notre Dame has done a great job of putting up points this year, you know, 33.25 points per game, while Georgia Tech not quite as good at 22.0 uh, points per game. And another great thing that Notre Dame has been able to do is hold on to the football. You know, 32 um, minutes, 29 seconds time of possession, while Georgia Tech not as great at 27 minutes, 44 um, seconds time of possession. So, you know, Notre Dame has done a great job of not only putting up points, but keeping the ball and marching their uh, offense downfield. Um, you know, and also done a great job of not turning it over, only 0.25 turnovers a game, while Georgia Tech is one turnover a game. Um, and Notre Dame has also done a good job not being getting penalized, only 5.25 penalties a game for 45 yards. Georgia Tech, on the other hand, has seven penalties for 64.6 yards. So just something to look out for in that game. I really like, you know, 20 is a lot to lay, especially with any team. But this Notre Dame team, Notre Dame team is just so good. Um, you know, in their first first year, you know, actually playing in a conference, you know, they're just rolling through the ACC. Uh, the only real competition they're, I think they're even going to have, obviously, is going to be Clemson. That's definitely going to be a good game, but I am taking Notre Dame minus 20 in this one. Next game we have is also a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff between UAB and Louisiana Tech. La Tech is 12.5 point favorites in this one. Um, UAB comes into this game at 4-2 on the season and 2-4 and against the spread. Well, La Tech comes in at 3-3 three and 2-4 three and and against the spread. So, you know, neither of these teams have done a great job uh, covering spreads so far this season. You know, UAB started off hot against Miami, you know, especially early in that game. They were playing very well, but really since then they've struggled. Um, and then I really don't think they should be 12 and a half point favorites in this one. You know, 
Passing wise, their passing game has not been very good at all. Only 199.33 passing yards per game. Uh, Law Tech, on the other hand, 239.2 passing yards a game. And UAB has really struggled to not turn the ball over. Two over two turnovers a game uh, compared to Law Tech's one turnover a game. And the real biggest the biggest kicker in this game for uh, UAB 9.17 penalties per game for 87.33 yards. Um, while Law Tech, on the other hand, five penalties for 41.8 yards. You know, this Law Tech team, they've been playing good. You know, even if their record doesn't show it, they've really been able to move the ball, put up points. And I really don't think 12 and a half is just too much um, to be laying with this UAB team. So I will be taking Law Tech plus 12 and a half in this one. And moving on to our last college football play of the day. Um, it's a night game, 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff um, between Charlotte who is plus nine and a half versus Duke. Um, Charlotte comes into this game two and two and three and one against the spread. Duke comes into this game one and five and three and three against the spread. You know, I was on this, uh, I was against this Duke team uh, a couple weeks ago. I think their opening weekend actually when they were playing Notre Dame and they just didn't look good. I, um, I mean, I'm sorry, they did look good in that game, but since then they've really just struggled to really do a whole lot of anything, you know, only been able to pick up one win. You know, Charlotte's averaging 28.6 seven points per game. Well, Duke's putting up 21.33 points per game. And while that's not com directly comparable, uh, considering the fact that their their strength of schedule is completely different, you know, with Charlotte um, not in, you know, with Duke playing in the ACC and uh, Charlotte not. Um, but Charlotte has done a great job even um, in their conference, uh, 34 um, minutes and 46 second time of possession. Well, Duke, on the other hand, 28 minutes and 44 second time of possession. Um, one thing that Charlotte has really been able to do it, um, is turnovers. Turnovers, only one turnover a game will do 3.67 turnovers a game, which is not good at all, especially in college football uh, this year where, you know, possession is so important. Um, you know, if you give up too many of those, you're, you're just bound to lose the game. So, you know, Charlotte in this game getting nine and a half, you know, it'd be great if this would have gone up to 10 and who knows. It, it is. I saw, I think it opened about 10 and a half, 11. Um, it's come down a little bit as of this recording. Um, by the time game time gets around, I wouldn't be surprised if that's moving back the other direction. But yeah, Charlotte night plus nine and a half will be my official play. You know, if you can get this uh, at your book, you know, plus 10 for sure, I would take it. Plus and a half, that would be a great bet. But I'll be taking a plus nine and a half, and I definitely still like that. And as far as college football picks go for the weekend, that about wraps it up. We uh, finished the car with five picks. Um, a little bigger than we've had the last couple of weeks, but, you know, we're starting to get uh, Big Ten being back and all in the Mountain West and everything. Um, and next week we'll have um, the MAC and the Pac-12 back. So college football is definitely continuing to excite, and that'll wrap up the picks for this week's college football slate. Moving on to the NFL card. The first picks on the card is the Colts minus 2.5 versus the Lions this game. An early game set to kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Colts come into this game four and two and three and three against the spread. The Lions, on the other hand, three and three um, on the year and three and three against the spread. Colts have done a great job moving the ball. You know, um, Philip Rivers is getting that team going. You know, 363.717 yards game. Uh, Lions on their hand, other hand, 30 300.5 uh, yards um, per game. And, but, you know, which isn't, you know, crazy different, you know, defenses and, um, you know, speedy tempo game and stuff like that. Um, affects that a lot. But one thing the Colts have been able to do is time possession, 30 point, 30 minutes and 51 seconds time possession game, you know, which is above average, but it's not great. But the lines on their other hand have really struggled to keep their offense on the field. 24 minutes, um, 
in five seconds time of possession. You know, I, I really, I really liked the Falcons last week against the Lions, and they weren't able to pull it off. You know, I feel like this Colts team is definitely better than that Falcons team was, even though the Colts are going into Ford Field. Um, you know, this game's at the Lions are home in this game, but I know I still like the Colts uh, minus two and a half in this game. Um, so yeah, that's my official play for that one. Colts minus two. The next game on the NFL card is the Vikings at the Packers. The Packers are seven point favorites in this one. Vikings come into this game, uh, you know, they had that close game against the Seahawks, but they're one and five on the season and three and three against the spread. Packers, on the other hand, five and one on the season and five and one against the spread. One thing the Packers have been able to do is get points scored. You know, even though they struggled in that Bucks game, the rest of their games have been pretty good. You know, 23 0.83 points per game. The Vikings, on the other hand, only 25.83 points per game. Um, and the Packers have also been able to hold on to the ball uh, very well. You know, before that Buccaneers game, they didn't have any turnovers on the season. Um, now only averaging 0.33 turnovers a game. The Vikings, on the other hand, averaging two turnovers a game, which is just way too high um, in an NFL that we're in today. Um, especially taking on this Packers team that can score pretty easy. Um, the Packers have also been doing a great job um, time of possession. At 32 minutes and 58 seconds a game, with the Vikings only 27 minutes, 26 seconds time of possession. So the Packers, you know, seven's a lot to lay, uh, especially in division. Any division game can be close, but I really do like the Packers at home at this one, and I'm willing to lay that touchdown with them. Um, so yeah, that's my pick for this game, the Packers minus seven. The final NFL play of the day comes in the Chargers minus three versus the Broncos. Um, this is a set to kick off in the late slate at 4.05 p.m. Eastern kickoff. The Chargers come into this game at 2-4 and four, um, on the season of 4-1-1 one one against the spread. The Broncos, not quite, or same against, um, same record, 2-4, and four, but, you know, 4-2 against the spread. So for, pretty even as far as records and against the spread records go. Um, Chargers have done a great job, not an um, amazing job, but, you know, 24.83 points per game. Uh, the Broncos, on the other hand, not good at all, only 19.33 points per game, which is just way too score, low scoring. Um, in the NFL era that we're in. Um, Chargers also do a great job moving the ball, 405.83 yards per game. You know, Justin Herbert's really got this team together, moving the ball downfield. Um, the Broncos, on the other hand, only 342.84 yards per game. You know, Drew Locke has struggled, um, and that was put on display very much so in last week's game against the Chiefs. Another stat for the Chargers, um, you know, even with a rookie quarterback and everything, 1.17 turnovers per game. Is not bad at all compared to the Broncos' 2.33 turnovers a game. Um, and as far as their penalties go, they're pretty even. You know, the Chargers got 5.17 penalties a game for 40 yards. Broncos 4.67 turnovers a game for 44 yards. So you know, the Broncos are averaging a little less penalty, but more yardage. Um, so you know, they're very even on that. But I really like this Chargers team, even going on the road, traveling to Mile High. I think Justin Herbert is definitely the future for this Chargers team, and he's looked very good. Um, the last couple of weeks, you know, even though he just got his first win this last weekend, he's still looking good. I, I like him in, for the future. And I'm taking the Chargers minus three in this one. So that about wraps it up as far as um, the NFL picks go for the weekend. You know, that about also wraps it up for the podcast in general. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you head over to the website, uh, check out the hot tip best computer model. You know, the only two, only sport we got going on now is football, college football, and the NFL. So there's picks for that every time we got a game in all the weekday games for college football, Thursday night, Monday night for the NFL, and obviously Saturday, Sunday, the big slates. We got those up there. Um, and also, I don't know that I've mentioned it on the podcast, but a lot of you who follow me on Twitter probably already know there's the uh, Hot Tip Best Computer Model also has horse racing picks up there, which I personally don't give out any horse racing picks. I don't, I don't, I don't bet on horse very much. 
but the model does um, have some picks up there. So make sure you're checking those out if you're into horse racing and you want to get some more information on that. Um, also, make sure you're following the website, paying attention. The college basketball previews um, will be dropping here in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully, I, once I start getting those together, start getting my rankings back up and updated for this upcoming season. Um, and as always, if you're looking for results for any of um, my plays that I give out here on the podcast or any of my past plays, they're all up on the website. You know, if you just go to the results and if you click on Chris, you can see all of my results um, up there for every bet that I've given out either on the podcast or on the website. Um, all of those plays are up there. Um, you can see how I've done historically. You can also see um, the Hot Tip Bets computer model. If you click on computer picks there, um, you can see how it's done you know, overall and how it's done by each sport. Um, so you can kind of go take a look there and see what it's been on. And, you know, the hot to best computer model, I try to have it make it, I've tried to make it so it provides a play for every game that's going on. Um, but sometimes there it runs into difficulties as far as grabbing odds or whatnot. So if you see ever see a game up there uh, for the hot to best computer model puts out and it doesn't have a game that you're looking for, um, you know, if you hit me up on Twitter um, or, you know, the contact form on the website or Chris, or you, know, you always email me, uh, Chris at hottipbets.com. You can hit me up there. Um, and yeah, that about wraps it up. Yeah. If you guys have questions that you want me to answer on next week's podcast, definitely you can leave them. If you're watching on YouTube here, uh, you can go leave them down in the comments down there. I'll see them there. If you're on Twitter, um, you can always reply to any of my tweets. I'll see them there. If you try and hit me up in the DMs, chances are I'm not going to see your tweet because I don't have notifications or anything turned on for DMs. While they are open, I rarely go check them. Um, same with Instagram. Instagram's even worse. I, I'll i look at Instagram DMs and I'll see I missed one that was like three weeks old. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have seen that. So yeah, if you're ever trying to get in touch with me, best way to do it, you know, is just comments on any of those. Or, you know, you can always email Chris at Hot Tip Bets or the contact form on Hot Tip Bets. Um, you know, if you say what is, you're looking, you're looking to talk to me or whatever, you can get that over there. And yeah, make sure you're following Chris uh, Hot Tip Bets Chris on both Twitter and um, Instagram. And always, always make sure you're following Hot Tip Bets on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you know, all the stuff linked down below in the description. And that'll about wrap it up for this week's episode. And I will see you guys next week.